bump like notes inside the chords on every wall inflections carved deepest lakes and darkest stars remember we were the volunteers Hi everybody, welcome to the week 7 mini-sode of Reporting is Eligible. Um, I'm Paul Noonan, and this one's going to go up on not just the Patreon feed, but also the regular feed. So if you've never listened to one of these before, here's your big chance. I'm running a little late this week just because of um, some personal stuff and some sick children. And uh, so I thought I'd let everybody hear this one just to see what the mini-sode is kind of like. Um, We typically kind of go through the next week's matchup, which is in a couple days, against the Raiders. um, Talk about who's weak against who, who's strong against who, who's likely to have a big impact, who's likely to win, um, and anything else that happens to be interesting about um, the team in question. And um, just on the Raiders, what I wanted to briefly touch on is when um, when you're kind of my age or around that, uh, one of the first football video games you probably played was Tecmo Bowl, which um, is famous um, as being one of the first to involve players' names. A fairly decent sim for the day of football, but most people remember Bo Jackson from it. Um, of course, a famous Raider running back, two one of the best two-way players ever, probably the best two-way player ever. Um, you can actually make a decent case for Deion Sanders, who wasn't as good at baseball, but was much better at football. Um, but anyway, everybody remembers Bo Jackson. He was awesome in that game. He's very overrated in that game. Um, the thing is, the Raiders had two running backs at that time in Tecmo Super Bowl and in Tecmo Bowl. Um, the other being Marcus Allen, who is at least as interesting as Bo Jackson. So um, just to touch on that real quick, Marcus Allen was the Raiders' most important offensive player. I mean, we know about running backs now, but, you know, it was the 80s. They were more important back then. People ran the ball more. Um, Marcus Allen was the running back, the established, entrenched Raiders running back um, before Bo Jackson got there. And once Bo Jackson showed up, they split time. Marcus Allen at first was kind of um, lauded for splitting time in the backfield, but that eventually became a very toxic relationship between him and Al Davis, and Al Davis's relationships tended to be toxic. Um, and he eventually forced his way out of Oakland, um, partially because he had a contract dispute. Bo Jackson was there. That put pressure on him. Kind of the, one of the original um, I'm a good running back, pay me situations that we kind of see today was Marcus Allen. Um he suffered a knee injury that cost him a good chunk of a season. Um, the Raider brass didn't like that. And so he eventually forced his way out and ended up in Kansas City, the Oakland's biggest rival, where he was pretty good for a while. Um, so just in terms of just how good and famous and important Marcus Allen was, um, one of the few players to win a Heisman, an a NFL MVP, and a Super Bowl MVP, um, he actually had the Super Bowl rushing record until Timmy Smith broke it a few years after that. Um, let's see. Desmond Howard, he, he has the uh, Super Bowl MVP Heisman too, doesn't he? But not NFL MVP, obviously. Um, anyway, uh, Marcus Allen was very, 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 very good. He um, led the Raiders to essentially a Super Bowl winning season. Um, he dominated the Super Bowl he played in um, and was frankly outstanding. Um, it's a 
it's weird, uh, oddly progressive of Al Davis to bring in a young running back and kind of shove the old guy aside. However, um, Marcus Allen went on to play for Kansas City for kind of a long time. And one of the reasons, I didn't really notice when he played for the Raiders. That was kind of, you know, I was too young to actually appreciate football. But I remember him on Kansas City. And he actually taught me, I think, one of my first important analytics lessons about football, which is, if you've read my writing or, you know, heard me talk, you know, one of the things that I absolutely hate is when a team needs a yard or two and they line up heavy and they run right into the middle of the formation, run between the tackles into a defense that knows it's coming. Just hate it. It's annoying. It telegraphs what you're doing. Um, running in short yardage is fine, but it's much better to have some element of deception. Like not saying you should run play action out of it, although that's not a bad idea, but it's good if you're running back, you know, um, d- has a situation where d- they don't know what's coming and he can actually pick a hole and get that yard. Um, Marcus Allen was one of the first backs, uh, especially on Kansas City, to be labeled as sort of a goal line and short yarded specialist. He um, he scored a ton of touchdowns um, his first year with Kansas City, which I I was pulling his numbers up. But um, let's see, Casey. He had 12 touchdowns his first year with Kansas City. Now, he only had 764 yards rushing um, on only 206 carries. Not too bad. Um, 3.7. Not that great. But uh, he he scored a lot of touchdowns. And Marcus Allen, well, not a small person, certainly. He was a football player, um, was kind of slight uh, in terms of his build. He was built more like a wide receiver than a running back. Like, if you see him next to Bo Jackson with Bo Jackson's giant shoulder pads, um... Marcus Allen looked like kind of a skinny back. Now, he was super fast. He was very strong. He was, you know, certainly not in, un, he was a tough player. Um, but when he scored touchdowns and picked up yardage on short yardage, he didn't do it by being that Jerome Bettisy type where he plowed people over. He did it by being a, a little bit skinny, finding holes and pushing through them. And it was frankly kind of a joy to watch. Um, I don't really believe rushing, you know, from the one yard line is, is a skill. But um, mostly because teams kind of take those battering ram guys and run them into lines, and sometimes they score and sometimes they don't. I actually think the way Allen did it was kind of a skill. He was kind of like almost snake-like and slithering through um, whatever small opening he had and finding those and and managing to get through. Um, It made me kind of really appreciate like, maybe that big guy's not what you're looking for in that goal line situation. Maybe he's just a big target, and if he gets squared up, he's not going to score. He's going to get pushed back. Um, it made me really appreciate the small guy's ability to, you know, actually hit holes with speed and, you know, hit space with speed and push their way into the end zone. So um, I always did like Marcus Allen for that. Uh, he was um, kind of a controversial figure in some ways, too. So he was definitely labeled as a malcontent um, when he started having that fight with Davis, which seems insane now because Al Davis is obviously, I mean, the bad guy in that situation. Not that Al Davis has some good parts about him too in the past, but um, he was not, uh, a, he, he didn't get along with a lot of players later on in his tenure with the Raiders. And, you know, he made the team bad after the big Super Bowl run for a while. Um, but uh, Marcus Allen, you know, kind of ended up sticking it to them. Like the Chiefs are their big rival. Um, he did really well there. Um, kind of pulled the Joe Montana a little bit. Um, the Chiefs seem to be the kind of dusting ground for the washed up, not washed up, Joe Montana wasn't washed up, but the guys leaving their team for one more go. Um, anyway, other thing about Marcus Allen that's interesting to note is um, he got married at O.J. Simpson's house, um, like I think six or seven years before the thing happened. Um, 
but he was actually kind of a part of the case. He was subpoenaed in it to testify um, about um, a relationship that he may or may not have had with some of the parties in that case. Um, managed to fight his way out of it, which is, you know, probably, I don't know if he had anything to do with it, but probably good. Um, nobody wants to be tied up in that thing. Ah, but, you know, it, it's kind of weird um, just that he was there with Bo Jackson at the same time that Jackson is viewed as, you know, the, the famous running back of that Raider era, I think, to a large extent because of video game fame. And, I mean, Bo Jackson's his own awesome story of being just an incredible athlete. But Marcus Allen it was also a great football player with a lot of interesting stories around him. So, um, anyway, on to the game where everybody's hurt. Like, every everybody's hurt. Um, Kenny Clark didn't practice. Uh, he, I think he's questionable. Um, Darnell Savage is not going to play. Devontae Adams is not going to play. As I record this, Geronimo Allison is still in the concussion protocol. Apparently, MVS is going to give it a go, but he didn't practice much this week. And that injury looked terrible, even though he did, to his immense credit, come back. So um, the Packers signed Ryan Grant, not that one. The other one, um, over the week, he is very shifty, but very slow. Um, he's a decent slot guy. He actually, he, two years ago with Washington, he was very efficient and had a really good season. Um, he actually had some long gains, which seems insane because he is like literally one of the slowest receivers in the league. But he's good in tight spaces. He's a good slot guy. Um, he's okay. I'm a little surprised he was freely available. He actually was on the Raiders um, and released after two non-impressive games. But um, he'll step into a situation. He's been in uh, Shanahan-like systems before. Um, that's one of the reasons they picked him up is they thought he could learn the offense pretty quickly. Um, we'll get to fantasy later. And I, I mean, I, I've given terrible fantasy advice two weeks in a row, and I don't know what to do in this game. But I would not start Ryan Grant. Um, now, Alan Lazard... I think might have a big game. Um, he, I, This is the smallest of small sample sizes, but he looked so good in that game, uh, especially not just that bomb, but every other pass he caught, like really forcing his way back to the ball, um, r- really running forceful routes. It's a skill that takes time to develop for a lot of receivers. A lot of guys get into the league um, after relying on their speed and just round off routes, out physical people. Um, he was really like... Uh, intent on everything he did like just scouting wise I was really impressed by Alan Lazard and um, apparently Rodgers was insisting he get on the field now part of that might be not wanting Darius Shepard on the field after a while which understandable somebody's got to be on the field Lazard was really good I'll bet he gets his fair share of targets this week Um, and I mean honestly there's nobody else to catch him because everybody's hurt (laughs) oh apparently Robert Tanyan's doubtful too just so the Packers should in theory win this game they're a better team than the Raiders but they are really, really banged up. And if they do happen to drop this game, it wouldn't be that surprising. They're, now, the Raiders aren't in great shape either. Um, Tyrell Williams, who is a longtime favorite of mine, he used to be on the Chargers. Um, you know, I, I have this stat that I made up called wide receiver OPS, ROPS. Um, it just basically combines someone's ability to catch a high percentage of balls with their ability to gain a lot of yards with those catches, weights them basically so they look like OPS. Um, it works pretty well. It's very similar to DVOA, as it turns out, which is why um, I kind of like DVOA because I kind of understand what goes into it. But uh, Tyrell Williams has always been a, a WROPS superstar. Um, even when he's been like third string at the, at the Chargers, um, his efficiency is outstanding. When he's gotten bigger uh, roles because of injuries to like Keenan Allen, he doesn't drop off. He's still efficient even with more balls getting thrown his way. And he's having a really good season for the Raiders. Um, but he is hurt. So um, they are banged up too. 
the Raiders are, of course, not as good a team to start, especially defensively. But this might be a close game just because of the sort of attrition we have here. So the Raiders are also, even though they are banged up, they're well-rested. They played the Bears in London two weeks ago. They've had a week off to recover. So even though they do have some long-term injuries, the guys that play are going to be fresh. And that's always a big advantage, Um, especially with the Packers coming off of, of course, a short week, which seems really unfair if you think about it. Um, So um, they they are fresh off beating the Bears in London um, behind Chase Daniel, who (laughs) maybe is not as good as Mitch Trubisky, but maybe maybe he is. so you probably know the Raiders pretty well because they are, of course, the celebrity team. They're coached by Chucky. Um, Mike Mayock um, is their general manager, which is insane. Um, and you know they have Derek Carr, who is kind of an up-and-coming star not that long ago, but has kind of tapered off and I think is pretty solidly affirmed as a bottom third quarterback at this point. Um, he's not terrible. You can win with Derek Carr. I think he is averages the second fewest air yards per pass this year, meaning he's a super checkdown artist. Um, that's not good against the Packers if you are Derek Carr, because the one thing the Packers are awesome at is tackling guys in front of them and intercepting balls that they can see coming. You want to be a deep thrower like the Lions were against the Packers. The Raiders aren't really that guy. Um, so let's see here. Um, I Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to... Oh, Trevor. We got to talk about Trevor. I have my agenda here, and I don't have I don't have Jared to tell me what I should be talking about. So, um, the uh, the other fun thing about the Raiders is so Tyrell's hurt. They have Trevor Davis, um, who we traded to them. Um, he's been just a complete Trevor Davis for them. He has been very good on his returns. He has also made some just high profile gaffes, um, especially against the Bears, where he fumbled at the one and almost cost them a game, but also had a sixty yard return and almost won them the game. It's the Trevor Davius thing ever. So they may have some insight into the Packers a little bit. They have Kaiser, too, by the way. Um, but uh, oh, Ryan Grant played for them. It's all a big trade-off. Very fun. Trevor Davis might actually play a receiver this game because they are as banged up as they are. Um, the one Raider you should know about, though, um, aside from Tyrell and all those guys, is Darren Waller, who um, is actually listed as a tight end on Pro Football Reference. Now, he Darren Waller is a giant person, so I kind of get that. But he is a wide receiver. Um, that much I do know. So Darren Waller is a good story. He kind of came out of nowhere to some extent. Um, he is very, 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 very athletic. And let me pull up his mock draftables comps real quick. Um, because he his best comps are, his comps are all like, so Mike Evans is his number one. Um, it, just Mike Evans, who plays for Tampa Bay, um, was a first-round draft pick, is one of the most athletic receivers in the league. Marcus Colston is one of his top comps. Um, let's ah, Mike Williams, who was athletic but not good at football. Um, so there's a lot going for him. And so he's he's uh, just a huge, huge player. He, he's 6'6 and 238 playing wide receiver. Like David Boston-esque. And ran a 4'4", 640. So that's what you're dealing with on Darren Waller. Um, he, he is very physically intimidating, he'll probably get Jair Alexander, and it'll be an interesting matchup because, well, maybe, maybe um, I was wrong last week about who they put him on. Maybe they'll put King, King on him because of size, although King also hurt this week, so I think he'll play, but, um, but, uh, I'm not sure how you go best go about covering him. I do think you want a big corner for him because he might, he is good at out physicaling people too. Um, if, if I, if, they, if he does get King, 
he's probably not a bad fantasy play. Maybe not with the Alexander either, just because I have absolutely no idea how Jair's awesome, but that's a tough matchup. Um, <laughs> so who knows? Darren, Darren Waller's good. He, nobody knows about him. Well, so a few people know about him. Fantasy players certainly know about him. Um, but he is the one to watch on that offense. Um, on defense, the Raiders are terrible. Now, they had a good game against the Bears, but of course, the Bear offense is also terrible. So don't read too much into that. They're 28th against number one receivers. So if we had Devontae Adams playing this week, I think this is the easiest of easy wins for the Packers. He just will, would tear them up. Who is the number one receiver for the Packers? I don't know. But if you think it's Lazard, it's another good reason to fire him up. If you think it's MVS, eh, not bad. And even if you don't, they're 30th against number two receivers, which is also terrible. So either of those guys should theoretically have good games. But um, it's just one of those things with lack of experience and talent. Who knows how it's actually going to go? Um, they're really good against slot guys. They are not good against tight ends, but it doesn't matter because the Packer tight ends are awful, especially if Bob's out and uh, only okay against running backs out of the backfield. So um, I think in any game going forward where there's not a specialized, um, like where the, the opponent's not really good against running backs one way or the other, you're probably going to get 50-50 Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams at this point. Uh, Williams has really established himself as the, the receiving guy, third down guy. Jones is probably going to be the touchdown guy. I do think he's been outstanding um, around the goal line and punching it in. And, you know, he's just a, you know, super efficient, good running back outside of that. So Packers are kind of a fantasy mess. Um, everybody's hurt. Their running backs are in a committee. And Aaron just doesn't throw that many passes a lot of the time. Um, and when he does, just doesn't have the weapons to put up, you know, big, huge numbers. But I do think the Packers pull this game out. Um I I do think Lafleur is turning into a legitimate advantage. His scripted plays and called plays are really good. Um, I think he probably can outcoach John Gruden schematically, and I think Aaron's smart enough to use what little talent he's going to have out there to actually put them over the top here. Um, now, having said all that, Gruden coached a great game against the Bears. That defense really showed up. I mean, the Bears are inept as all get out, but. Um, the Raiders also made them pay for mistakes and picked them off a bunch. So it's not like they're bad. I mean, they're 3-2. and two. They're actually one of the better teams in the AFC against all odds. So it's not like they're pushovers. Um, it, it's just they're not, they're not good. They're, <laughs> they're, really, they're really not good. So um, Especially that defense, I think, is a little bit of a fraud. So um, I don't know what to really expect. I could see it being a defensive battle where nobody can score because everybody's hurt. I could see it being a barn burner because the Raiders have a bad, bad defense and Aaron just makes it happen. Um, I'm, I, but I think it'll be a fun one. Kind of looking forward to this one. Uh, if nothing else, there's a lot of interesting personalities around it. So um, that is always fun to see. Uh, anyway, um, that will do it for the mini pod. Um, if you want to hear more of these in the future, um, Become a $5 subscriber on Patreon at the uh, at patreon.com slash tailgate. You will also get J.P. Breen's minor league podcast if you do that. Uh, you can always check out the actual baseball podcast over there as well. Um, I know that the guys had some trouble this week. It's another good reason to give out a free podcast because um, the baseball podcast wrap-up show I know is going to be next week, along with the wrap-up of the prop bets. So um, just in keeping with tradition, Andy Schaff runs the prop bets for that the baseball show. They're hilarious and awesome. Um I, I know that I was very close to winning them. I don't think I did, but I'm looking forward to finding out on the actual show. Um, so 
do tune in for that. Um, and like I said, this, we do this every week. It usually comes out on Thursday or Friday, usually not this late. Um, <laughs> usually you have time to listen to it on a commute or something. But um, yeah, go check it out. Uh, it posts on the Patreon. This will be the, the one freebie, and I hope you enjoyed it. So um, enjoy the game, everybody. 